All right, friends, I'm so excited to introduce you to the fairy godmother of branding. She has the magic brand formula. She is amazing at what she does, and I'm so excited to introduce you guys to my friend, Kelly. Hi there, I'm Jenna Kutcher. I'm the host of the Gold Digger Podcast, and I'm so excited that you're hearing me right now because that means that I get to introduce you to my friend, Michelle Hagen. Michelle is a mama on a mission dedicated to inspire other women to chase their dreams and their passions no matter what season of life they're in. And I've gotten the privilege to mentor and coach Michelle. She was one of my top 10 students in my community of over a thousand women, and she helped lead and inspire other mamas just like you. And now you, my friend, you get a front row seat. So sit back, relax, and get ready to be inspired. Welcome to the Living Your Calling podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Hagen, and my mission is to help you step into whatever you're truly called to do. I'm a Midwest wife and mom, and I built my business and dreams between the moments of motherhood. I believe that you can create your dreams around whatever season of life you're in. I'm obsessed with creating connections, out-of-the-box ideas, and cheering people on in whatever goal they're chasing. This is a place where you can come to feel like you're joining your best friends for coffee, for real talk of what's happening in life and business. Whether you're working on personal development or business, friend, I got you. Each week, you will find an episode that educates, inspires, and helps you take action to step into your calling and live your best life. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for. Are you ready? Here we go. Ha, that's so sweet. Thank you, Michelle. I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today and to talk about branding and what goes into branding. And as you and I both know, there's so many moving pieces to it that I think a lot of people don't necessarily think about. And then they're wondering why some things are flopping or not working. But before we dive into that, I would love for you to introduce yourself and tell the listeners how you're balancing motherhood and running your own business right now. So my name's Kelly Sinclair. I live up in Alberta, Canada, and I have uh, been in communications and public relations for my whole career. But after 10 years of working corporately and working for a PR agency and doing, you know, perception work with oil and gas companies and pipelines and things like that, which I felt was important at the time. I had sort of a come to moment (laughs) that involved my mom getting really sick with cancer and ultimately passing away, which gave me like space to think about what I was doing with my life. And I realized that I wanted to be with my family more. And that time was, you know, it's, it's a cliche, right? Time is precious and you only really realize that when it goes away for somebody and especially for somebody that you love as much as I love my mom. So I reevaluated everything and decided to take my skills and start my own business. And my kids were one and three at that time. And it's for some reason, it didn't seem all that crazy to me. But now I'm like, that was crazy. Yes. (laughs) 
why obviously I should start a business now because I have an 18 month old and a three year old. Mm -hmm. So that whole balance of motherhood and business has really been almost my entire motherhood and figuring it all out and kind of deciding what it would look like for me from the get-go and with the fact that what I knew for sure was I knew that I needed to work. I knew that I needed to have that part of my life and that part of my brain being activated and that I wanted to feel like contribution in that kind of way where there was some sort of work for me. And I don't say this in a negative way at all, but I, I felt like there's there's more to me than just my being a mom. And I realized that I, you know, fill myself up with what I can do in my work. And then that can pour over into me being a mom. And I needed to have really clean lines around that right from the very beginning. So setting like childcare hours, work hours and mom hours and not crossing the two over because anytime I ever do that, I feel like I'm not doing a good enough job at either of those roles, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love how you touched on that. Like, it's okay. Like there are some people who literally are called to motherhood. Like I have one of my really good friends and she's amazing. She's the Girl Scout leader of like three of her girls and she does all this stuff at the school. And I'm amazed. I'm like, I don't, Susie, I don't know how you do all of this, but I'm like, but that is not what I was called to do. Like I wouldn't be good at it, even if I probably tried. So I love how you touched on that because it is like sometimes some of us are really truly called to build businesses. And some of us are called to be the moms who are championing the teachers and the schools and the things like that as well. And I love for you also how you touched on the setting the boundaries, because there's some people like you said, that can work with like the flow of their kids home, like Thatcher's downstairs right now playing and watching the TV. And for me, like I can flow where he's still sitting on on the carpet. But then there's days where I'm literally like, I just need it to be separated. And I think like learning that permission of what doesn't make you feel guilty is what works. Oh, yeah. And like, oh, that's the word right there, guilt. And then when we realize that it actually all comes from our own minds, then get the permission to release it a lot. But sometimes there was one point in time when my kids were going to a day home that I could see from my office window here. I could see my kids outside playing while I was working. And that was really hard because I felt like, oh, I should be out there. But I, at what, you know, on one hand it was great because I could see them and I knew they were safe and everything was good. But on the other hand, I was like, oh, I should be able to do that. Or if I see, you know, now my kids' friends will stop by and they're still at their after school program and they can't go out and play. And I feel bad because I have to say no to a seven-year-old. <laughs> Sorry, mm-hmm. Molly can't come out right now. She's not home yet. And it's like, I'm making myself feel guilty about that. And really, like the seven-year-old doesn't care. She just went on to ask the next person. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that is, it's like a double-edged sword that there's no, I think there's no way that you will ever not feel guilt for something instead of just trying to give like grace and permission that like we're doing the best that we can and what we have. So I totally understand that too. And even yesterday, like when I was working, the doorbell rang like three times and Turner kept coming up and was like, can I go out and play? And I was like, no, you cannot go run the neighborhood. When grandma's watching you, you have to wait till I am down downstairs. And like, I felt bad, but I, at the same time, I'm like, you're totally fine in the backyard. 
like you will survive and it's not like you're missing out on life because you had to wait 45 minutes to go outside. Yeah, exactly. And it's interesting. I had a very different childhood. I grew up on an acreage, so there was never like kids coming to the door. It was just like, I would just play with my brother and that was it. And now I see this happening for my kids and it's so awesome. They get to play with their friends like every single day in the evening, even if it's just for 20 minutes. Right. And I'm glad that they're able to do that, but it's kind of like pulling back to my childhood. <laughs> like, okay, I survived without like playmates every single day. And so can you. <laughs> yes. Which it's so funny you say that because it is, it's just interesting. Like I always grew up in a neighborhood too of having kids and we like have this dream of like having some land and being out somewhere. And then my, you know, my dad's just like, well, what about their friends? It's like, they can play with the front of the acreage next door. <laughs> like, it'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. You hop on a bike. I remember going, <laughs> oh, this is going down a rabbit hole, but I remember going out to the nearest neighbors. They're probably, okay, let's see if I can convert this into miles two miles away, three miles away. And we'd ride our bikes and then we would get on a horse and we would go out into the field. And we would spend, we'd pack this horse up with like plastic dishes and things. And we'd go out into the field and we'd make forts. And we just play like house in the forts all day, like where no parents could even find us. And I think, I don't know, it was probably like 10. Oh, that is, see, but like, that is so fun. Cause that's not anything that you could do living in a neighborhood with like I told you, we have a. I some days it feels like a hundred of them, like within, but it's not that many. But oh, that is so fun, and I they like that's such a fun memory to to share, and and just kind of also, I think moms know that there's no right or wrong way of anything that we're really truly doing. We're just all doing the best that we can, and our children are not going to be ruined for one way or another of something. Yeah, and we just have to like support each other more and not not judge or feel judged by mm-hmm. other people for how we're doing our thing. Yes. Yeah. And and even like you said the feel judged, I feel like that's a lot of times like we think that other people are thinking certain things or like we think that people think our business is not worth it or that we're, we're not doing the right thing. And that's really, truly probably not what anyone's thinking. What I have learned is a lot of people in, of like friends or family, like they just really, truly don't understand what it is that I'm building and doing. So it's not that they don't care. They just don't understand how any of this world online world works. And so, you know, that's one thing that I've noticed as well. It's not that maybe people don't support you. It's just, they really, truly don't understand. Right. The other day, one of my friends asked me, how's business? And I said, I always wonder what that question really means, because my interpretation is usually, are you making money? Are you making enough money right now? And he was like, no, it doesn't mean that. But I take it that way. Right. And you get defensive about it sometimes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my grandfather always asks me, how's business? And I feel like he definitely means like, are you making money? (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. but it's like, well, there's more to it than that. Also, like, are you excited about what you do? And that's why I started my business actually, because I, in that whole experience of losing my mom, I realized we need to spend our lives doing what makes us happy. And we spend a third of our lives working. So if we Mm -hmm. create something that makes us happy and feels like success for us, then I believe the world is going to be a happier place. 
And so when I get to work with business owners to help them make that thing that they're passionate about even more successful so they can continue doing it, so they can continue serving, so they can continue being lit up and excited and passionate and have that like bubble out into the world in terms of joy, then like you can see me physically getting happier right now. And I, uh, and I feel like that's what my purpose is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I totally agree. And that is, it's something that I truly am like, well, does this bring me joy or do I wake up and I really truly want to do it every day. And I've talked to some business owners and they've been like, well, you're never going to wake up every day and actually want to keep doing what you're building. And for me, I'm like, no, if I'm not waking up every day and I don't want to do it, then it's time to pivot or it's something else. And that's even one thing of talking with some business owners in my coaching. I've realized like business owners, sometimes we create these things because it feels like a means to an end. Or like, like you said, people ask like, well, are you being successful? And it's hard to like, well, I... Um, well, I haven't made six figures and that mark that you think I haven't really crossed that either, but cause you know, like I actually have to pay for all these other things to run this business that, um, they, we get sucked into holes and cycles of things that don't bring us joy. And so a lot of times I'm finding when I work with people, I'm like, well, does this even make you happy? Is this even really truly what you were wanting to build? Cause if it's not, Let's pivot it and create something that you really, truly want to build because you're right. So often, so many people like wake up and they just go to work and they do what they do, but it really brings them no joy. And there's some people that they just want to go to work and they want to work and their their joy is at home. And that's totally okay too. But for me, like if I'm not happy in all areas, it's just, it's not worth it. Yeah. And some people might look at that and think, oh, that's an entitled attitude to feel like we can just only do the things that make us happy. No, you only get one life. So what is the point of grinding it away? Right? Mm -hmm. What are you waiting for? Yeah, yeah. And I think it is kind of like how you mentioned, like with your mom passing, that sometimes it takes those things in life for you to be like, what am I doing this for? You know, we've had friends that have passed with young kids and very young and friends with cancer. And it has like, for me, it is that perspective of like, if I die tomorrow, are my kids going to say like, my mom was happy? Are they going to know the things that like, I truly enjoyed and know that their mom like really liked what she did? Like, to me, that's more important than, you know, like, Mm. shuffling them off and complaining about what I do. Instead, they know like, oh, my mommy helps other mommies with their business or my mommy talks to other, you know, they don't quite get the podcast, but Turner listens to it. Who's six? Like he does listen to the podcast. And so he, he gets a piece of it. Cute. My kids just want to be in Instagram videos. (laughs) Well, yeah. And Turner doesn't quite get that. But I think because during quarantine, when we lost all nap time, his nap time was listening to Thomas the Train podcast. And oh, who was it? Mary, whoever plays Mary Poppins, her podcast where she like Julia. Yeah, she reads books. And so then he like had it. And he's like, oh, mom, you're on this picture. Is this one's your podcast? So then every time, once in a while, I'll hear talking. And I think it's them or they're doing. I'll go and I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, you're listening to my podcast. <laughs> okay, that's fine. <laughs> that's awesome. Biggest fan. They left you a five-year review. <laughs> yeah. Well, so speaking of biggest fans, 
this is that's kind of a great transition into branding because really, truly, our branding in our business is creating people to become our fans, to understand like when they come to our Instagram or our Facebook and websites and clubhouse that they see us and they understand right away when they show up who we are and what we're about. Um, So let's chat a little bit about branding. Um, I would love for you to maybe start by touching on like, what does it mean in branding when we say that we want someone to come to our website and our Instagram and to instantly know our brand? Mm-hmm. You know, when you just when we just were picking up on the the term biggest fans there, what it actually takes is for you to be your biggest fan. And branding is not a superficial exercise. It is not your logo and your colors and what you like visually look like and the aesthetic appeal of your Instagram profile. It's not those things. Those things are a translation and interpretation of what your brand is. Your brand is who you are. And we have to acknowledge that that's actually a really deep thing to be able to understand. And it takes exploration and it takes work to really feel connected to who you are as a business and a person in your business. Because once you have that and you're solid with it, it helps you make decisions faster with more confidence. It helps you put yourself out there. It helps you know who you're talking to. It's a really important piece. Your ideal client is an important piece of your branding. But when I teach it to people, I teach you how to create your brand from the inside out, which is understanding yourself and being able to then determine your ideal client based on compatibility with that versus that kind of idea of, well, the market wants this, let's change and do this, or let's be over here and do that. Like, do you remember being in high school and all of the girls and the cattiness and the clickiness of high school where you would kind of like change your personality every couple of months? Painful, right? (laughs) Well, I went, so it's interesting. Like I get that I went to an all girls school, so we didn't have like, it's interesting. Like there was no clickiness. It was like, well, that's that friend group, but that's that other friend group. And if you don't like me, whatever, we actually had this like really cool, like, like high school experience, but I can remember like in college, there were the girls who like, were like the cool, you know? Okay. Yeah. Or like just movie mean girls, just like, (laughs) And it's like, that doesn't work in your social life. It doesn't work in your business either to be trying to change who you are for somebody else. And yeah, so it's, it's a journey and, and getting to know yourself is, is an effort. But it once you have that foundation, because the other thing that comes up a lot when I'm talking to people is like, what's the difference between marketing and branding, right? Because we all know we have to market ourselves. We all know we have to quote, put ourselves out there in order to be seen and create relationships and attract your ideal clients. But there's this whole overwhelming world of what does that include? Like, so I'm supposed to be on social media. So I'm supposed to have a website. So I'm supposed to create funnels. Maybe I need to do events. Maybe I have to do email marketing. And there's like this noise of what do I do? And the way that you figure that out is actually to know your ideal client and to know your ideal client, you have to be more clear on your brand. You can make every decision about where you show up, how you show up, 
what you say when you show up, when you know your brand better. Mm. Branding is who you are and marketing is how you tell people about it. Yeah. So you mentioned the piece of like, you're having to know yourself and really truly what you stand for. What's your advice or how do you even start with figuring that out? Because sometimes people are accidental entrepreneurs where they had something that they created and all of a sudden now people want it. So now they're almost like backtracking or, you know, it's people that are coaches and, and, and you're trying to stand out in a market of more people. So what does that look like when you're starting from the inside? Mm. So first of all, it's okay, no matter where you are at in your business journey, whether you're just starting or you've been at it for a few years to look at your branding. If you haven't done it with a lot of intention, I encourage everybody to absolutely do it no matter where you're at. And starting from the inside out means like looking at your values, right? What are your values and how do those show up in your business? So what we probably think of instinctively when I say values is core values. What's the most important things and why? And how do you articulate those even just to yourself so you understand what they mean? Because there's so much subjectivity, like sure, there's a dictionary with a definition, but what does that word mean to you, right? Like, what does the word authenticity mean to you? Like, that's one of my core values, but it's, it's because of how I look at it. I look at it as me encouraging authenticity in others and me being authentic in the way that I show up. Mm, It's mm -hmm. both of those pieces, right? The other parts of your brand values are also your personality. So when you understand and you can articulate your personality, that then can get translated like into a visual representation, into colors, into your tone, into the way you write emails, the way you show up on video. All of those things is based on your personality and that's what connects with people. And then the third one that I do under values is experience. Your brand experience is actually how you deliver what you do to your clients. So things like consistency and quality, and maybe if you work in a, in a certain field like confidentiality, those kinds of things would be your values related to the experience you deliver. And at the end of the day, the thing you need to know is that you are one in almost 8 billion people on this planet. And so you are unique regardless of what you think. Like your story, your experience, your reason why you do what you do is what makes you stand out from the other people who also do what you do. Mm, I loved how you touched on like some of those key words because like authenticity is kind of a buzzword right now. And it's very, you know, big of being authentic, but what does that mean to everyone? And I love how you touched on that of knowing what some of those words that you want to stand for really truly mean to you because authenticity to one person you're right is totally different to another person um and like what you're showing in that type of thing so that's a great thing i think for listeners to think about in knowing the words that we want people to know us for but then what does that mean that's a great tip yeah i I like to get my clients to write down the word if you had like five value words for example write down a sentence around that, whether it's an I am, or I believe, or I do, like some kind of action related to how you interpret that and how you demonstrate that. Because 
you can look at sort of even all those five, mm. say, and I, that's kind of a magic number when it comes to core values, three to five. You don't remember any more than that. Let's be honest. I, I can't remember my five off the top of my head. Usually I, have, I move my vision board and it's usually right in front of me. <laughs> But the five, those five core things, and you look at them and you can say, you can know whether that feels holistic to you. Does that cover all of the things in one way or another that you really care about? Are those all represented there? Yeah, that's a great, that's great advice. And I love the five because sometimes people like want it to be so overzealous and we think it has to be this like massive thing because we go and look at other people's businesses that have been built for years and years. And sometimes it's just like they have all this massive stuff, but to remember like to bring it down and to simplify it, it doesn't have to be overcomplicated. Yeah. And you think about how brand values are used inside of a business. So if you were growing your business and you were growing a team, your brand values help guide your culture. And if you can't explain what they are to your employees, then they can't really take those on and, you know, assess whether they stand for those things as well. Mm. So you have to be able to communicate it. That's a really important piece. Yeah. Oh, I love that. We are so excited to be introducing to you the Living Your Calling Retreats. These retreats are going to be for women to reconnect to themselves and to join in community with like-minded women. We are going to take you from places from the Midwest to the beach to the mountains. And this is going to be a time for you to disconnect and have time away and to focus on yourself and to take a break from whatever it is you need. These retreats are going to be like nothing you have experienced before, and we are creating them with you in mind. If you would love to know more about the Living Your Calling retreats, you can head to the link in the show notes to join the waitlist so that you can be the first to know when we are going to be connecting together. We are so excited to create this for our community, and we cannot wait to meet you and to join a community at the Living Your Calling retreat. Okay, so tell us a little bit about your magic brand formula. What does that include and what does that look like? Because I think like we're all always trying to look for like, what's the magic way that's going to get people to show up and be like, she's my girl. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, it's funny. I love using the word magic and having the magic wand and everything, but I'll also admit that there is no one magic solution to anything when it comes to like just life in general or business or motherhood and business or any of these things. But I do believe very strongly in this process that I invented. And uh, it's why anytime I, I teach people, I work with business owners one-on-one or in my program, which is called Brand Message Mastery, it goes through this framework. So the magic brand formula is who you are plus who you're for plus why it matters. Mm -hmm. And it's important that you do it in that order. Like I said, you build your brand from the inside out. You figure out you and the values and what you stand for, your secret sauce, what differentiates you, your story, All of that comes into that piece. Then we do the compatibility test, right? Who are you for? What do they believe? What what are they struggling with? What do they already know about what you do? This is an important one, especially if you are in some kind of maybe like spiritual modality or something like that, that 
sometimes you feel like there's this level of education that's required to get people to understand what you do and then another level of effort to get them to then, you know, decide that you're the one to help them with that thing. But what if you just said, I work with people who are already like spiritually aware that already have this level of awareness or mindset around what I do. And then I take them to the next step. So you shortened your like way of what it takes to get a client to actually work with you. Mm. And then the third piece is the why it matters. That's just the messaging. That's your ability to turn all of that into language. That's when somebody lands on your Instagram and says, I'm in the right place or I'm not in the right place. And either way, that's what you want is for them to make a decision about whether or not they are in the right place because it's going to save everybody time at the end of the day. You don't want to have discovery calls with people who are like unsure about what you even do, right? If you get that clarity in even in just a way where I know all of you are probably like, okay, but I do so many things, right? And it's okay. You can do so many things, but what is the thing that you want to talk about? What is the thing you want to be known for? And how do you, and just leverage that and go all in on that and then allow yourself to do all the other things, like making a decision about your method or your approach or your ideal clients does not mean you're eliminating all the rest. It simply means you're focusing your message and your marketing on that thing. Like I, I talk about branding all day long till I'm blue in the face, but I will help you with your marketing, your social media, how to actually show up and implement that. But I want you to come in understanding that you need to do this branding piece first, right? I'm like, here's my filter. It's that we're going to work on your brand and your message and then all the rest of it, we can continue to do outside of that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is, it's so important that if it's not clear of, of who you are, like we'd said, then when they come, they don't know. And I love how you said that piece of, because sometimes we feel like we have to educate people of what we do, but there are people who show up and they know exactly what you do. Then those are your people, not the people that you have to educate, which is great because the people that show up and already know what you do or why they need your product have already done the research and they're prepared and ready to move forward. So that's a great thing. And, and it's one of those, like you're fishing for one specific fish and you've got to use the right bait, but that doesn't mean you might not catch a fish that wasn't meant for that. Right. Or, you know, and if somebody else comes around, you can still decide whether or not you want to work with them. I want to give you an example because I, I had like this amazing light bulb moment with a with somebody recently and she she runs a VA agency, right? And I it just so happened that I was hiring a VA at the time. So I was very much able to put on the hat of who's your ideal client and what are they afraid of? And I was like, here's all the fears that I have about hiring a VA, right? Like I, I don't know whether I can, you know, if I find the right person, are they going to do a good job? Like should I get like I'm I'm worried about all those things. And I had to work through all these steps to get to the point where I'm now having this conversation with you about hiring one of your VAs. What if your ideal client already trusted that they could give the work to somebody else instead of Mm. telling me that her worst clients are the ones that try and micromanage, right? The VA. So I'm like, well, they have to be able to release. So what if you found people who already felt like that? And she's like, I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) Like, well, yeah, you could have it as part of your screening when you're having a conversation. Like, how do you feel about letting go of the work? 
Uh, I'm not very comfortable with it. Okay, cool. I'm not sure we're the right fit. I'm going to spend all my time convincing you that you should t- hand over the work that you said you wanted to hand over mm. so that we could do it for you. <laughs> yes, that's great advice. And is and it's interesting as you're talking, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if my VA thinks that I micromanage her, which probably not because I'm like, oh, you released the podcast today. Sweet. Thank you. Like, I, <laughs> But it should be. You should get to that point to where... Like I, you totally trust the person and stuff like that, which that is all come, you know, in the branding and the marketing and, and how you present yourself that, that, that makes a person know, like, and trust, you know, we all say it's the know, like, and trust, but I also sense like this whole new Instagram and everything age, I've been saying that it's creating a thing of that people know, like, and are in community with you because when they're in community with you, they automatically trust you. And that's like you said, you know, creating that sense of already knowing what they need and what they want. And I'm not having to educate them because they already trust. Mm -hmm. There's there. And and not to say there isn't room for education. There's certainly like, I, I have to usually educate people that it's not a marketing solution right away. That's maybe their issue. Like the reason why you struggle when you sit down Mm -hmm. to write your social media posts or create content or write copy is because you don't know your brand. Right. And so realize that mm. that all of those things that they're trying to do stand, have to stand on top of something, which is your brand strategy. Then they're like, oh, OK, so I'll educate about that. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can speak like that. It is so true it, because I used to struggle with like even writing like website copy or coming up with stuff because I was trying to put myself in a box of what I thought people wanted Instead of being like, no, this is just truly who I am. And this is what you get when you when you show up like I'm in a top knot and yoga pants all the time. And when I stepped into that and then rewrote all of my website copy, you can if someone like goes into my website now, you can totally you understand probably exactly who I am. You probably can hear how I talk because of how I wrote the copy. And it is it's just so much more freeing once you finally really, truly step into what your brand truly is, and it becomes easier to market. Yeah, I think that's one one filter that we tend to put a lot of stuff through is this like professionalism filter, right? And I have struggled with that for so long, like working in a corporate environment where you're literally told, leave your personal life behind you and now come and be this thing here that has no emotions and only talk about business. And here I am starting a business after like a a significant loss in my life is very emotional. And I was, I struggled to share that story for such a long time because I was worried that, well, if I cried, then people wouldn't think I was professional. Or if I talked about like feeling, wanting to feel joy and happiness and heart centeredness, that that's also not invited in the business world. And I think that culturally we've made a shift that's Mm -hmm. allowed lot more than that of that and I even hear lots of men talking about it which is awesome it's not just a a a woman thing to want to feel connected to what you do but it's just that like you can be professional in a top knot and yoga pants you can be an expert at what you do no matter what you look like right and it's really just your confidence that's that's what connects people and draws people to you and your confidence from just Mm. being sure about who you are. Yes. 
Oh, that is such great advice. And I, and I love how I can remember like a few years ago, you and I even talking about of like, how do we do this? Cause we both did this in corporate and how are we shifting some of this? Because it is very different from being in the corporate world. And even the other day I was looking at my closet and I was like, I think all these clothes can go like from back, like in all the like corporate being in the corporate office world. I was like, I don't ever see myself going back to any of that. Cause that's not like who I am. And, and I love that. And it is so true. And, and how you touched on like some men are even coming around and that even has to do with like ideal client. Cause I'll show up to, or see people's stuff. And I'm like, Oh, they're going to be way too stuffy for me because I can just tell that they're much more like it has to be professional and we don't waver from that. And that's just not my type of person. So I love that you touched on that. And that's great advice, I think, for people to even be able to start to look at other brands and just as you're just kind of perusing the halls of the internet of what does it look like and what are other people look look like and their brand looks like. And um, you gave some great tips for, I think, people to work on for their branding, but also just to keep their eye out so that they can start to notice on other brands as well. So this has been such a great conversation. And I always love to end my show by asking if you could go back to any part of your life and give yourself advice, what advice would you give yourself? Yeah, so I feel like this conversation has totally teed that up too, because it's about self confidence. So I can go back to high school Kelly and say, stop changing yourself for everybody else and just be who you know that you are, right? Like permission to not worry about what other people think so much. And just really like, I feel like I had this inside of me the whole time, but it never came out until I had more life experience. And it's so important to just really stand in who you are. Mm, Yeah, that's such great advice. And it is, I think all of us can look back and we wish our high school self would be like, if you just would have loved yourself just a smidgen more, like you were so skinny and those boobs were so good. (laughs) Like, (laughs) you know, like you just, you were perfect in every way. You just didn't know it and you couldn't see it. And I had such tiny friends. I'm pretty tall. And so I always felt like a giant person around all my friends. And I look back at pictures of me in high school and I was like, I wish I had that six pack still. Yes. Like I was really athletic and I had really tiny, like just short and I'm not tall. So I'm not a tall person. And all my friends were all mostly shorter than me. And just these tiny, they were just so tiny that I was like, I was tiny too, just like athletic, like healthy. Like now I would be like the, what everyone wants to be like the athletic build is like the in thing. Like I had the in body before it was in. Now we just got to get it back for postpartum. <laughs> I remember being taller than all my boyfriends and maybe that's why I end up marrying my husband who's six foot five. Like uh-huh. I will not feel large, make me feel small. Make, yes. And he can pick me up and everything <laughs> No, regardless, it's good. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Oh, well, thank you so much for being on the show today and having such a great conversation. I loved chatting with you. If people want to reach out to you after the show, where can they find you? So definitely connect with me on Instagram at KS underscore comms. Um, You'll have to put that in the show notes and on my website at ks-communications.ca. Thank you so much for being on the show today. Thank you so much for having me, Michelle. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Living Your Calling podcast. 
If you love this episode, will you share it with a friend or leave a review? Make sure that you subscribe or follow so that you don't miss a single episode. I love hearing from listeners and connecting. You can find us over on Instagram at the Living Your Calling Podcast or at Michelle Ann Hagen. Join us inside of our private Facebook community called the Living Your Calling Podcast Community. It's free, so why don't you join us inside? You can join by clicking the link in our Instagram bios or checking out the show notes. Join us and we will dive in deeper and I can't wait to connect with you. If you needed someone to remind you that you are worthy of your dreams, friend, this is it. I promise that you are worthy of whatever is on your heart and whatever calling you are wanting to chase. I am proud of you and I'm here for you. You're listening to the Living Your Calling podcast, inspiring you to be and create exactly what you were made for.